Welcome to another edition of Reptile Fight Club. I'm here with I am here with Mr. Dr. Oh, Dr. Hey. Justin oh, oh, oh. Julander. <laughs> I didn't go to 12 years of graduate school to be called Mr. That's How right. does that line go? <laughs> Eight years. I guess it wasn't yeah. 12 years. That would be yeah. embarrassing. It was yeah, yeah I would say you, you really weren't. You, you, you really <laughs> Well, I wouldn't say you were, weren't a good doctor, but you know, if you had to do twelve years, <laughs> yeah. advice eight, you're guess, really taking yeah. the, taking the long and expensive route, including the undergraduate, right? Yeah. There you go. There you go. Okay, I'm with that. I'm with that. Okay. Yeah. Well, man, it's been a been a little while, I guess, since we recorded. Yeah. Yeah. You uh, seem a little tired. <laughs> You've been I am tired. Working hard. Long. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just. A, a stressful day for the family, a stressful day for work, and we're in the holidays, and we're getting ready for our. Um, you know, we have we have a big Navy inspections, so naval inspectors come in and inspect all of our programs, and so we're getting geared up for that. And we're a new program that's standing up, so it's it's always a struggle to, you know, get um, get everything in place that wasn't in place, yeah. and so. Um, yeah, you know, just, just, just busy, busy, busy. So, yeah. <laughs> did you have a good Thanksgiving? You guys, uh, I did, I did. Yeah. I had to work, uh, the Friday after Thanksgiving. So no, oh, you know, wild fun. partying or anything, but, uh, <laughs> but it is nice. I got, I actually got a lot of stuff done cause everyone else was on vacation. So it's, oh. you know, you, you're not dealing with everybody putting out everybody else's fires, uh, yeah. you can just kind of work on your own fire. So, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was good. Low key, just, you know, Turkey dinner with the family. Uh, we played some video games post dinner and I went to bed shortly after that. So nice. Yeah. Yeah. How about you? Uh, yeah, we, it was a little, um, I mean, it was a lot of fun. We had a good time all the family was together. We played some games, we went to my parents for Thanksgiving day and, uh, Heidi was sick, so she didn't end up coming. My son Jake didn't come, so it was just me and the girls that went. But, and I, I got a cold. You know, I was out of work for you know the week before or the mm-hmm. few days before Thanksgiving, and it's still kind of sticking around. My voice sounds all a little off, but <clears throat> yeah. So, <laughs> sounds like I need to clear my throat the whole time. Yeah. Um, so that'll be fun for our listener. <laughs> wow. So, what do you do? But yeah. uh yeah, still trying to kick that. I, I guess you gotta specify that it's a non-COVID cold because there you, know, you go. <laughs> this, this day and age, right? You got uh, the Omicron. <laughs> yeah. Man, that's uh should be uh, interesting, I guess. But yeah. yeah well that's... it's uh it's just I I the whole politics is I mean this yeah. Yeah. The whole the vi- the this Don't is get me started. a very political virus, <laughs> yeah. and I mean the, uh, it's it sucks. Like obviously, South Africa just kind of blew the whistle on this, and yeah. it's in. I mean, every it seems to be in, already in the United States. It's in California. Uh, it's in every major everywhere. European city. So yeah. the idea that we were we were trying we were containing it from South yeah. Africa this. You know, I mean, we're, it, it, I agree with the South African leader that said that they were being punished for 
um, you know, for being the ones who spoke up about it. And it, it, <laughs> it makes you, it really makes you wonder like, how, you know, if, if, and this virus is this new strain supposedly has accrued something like 50 new mutations. Yeah. Um, and if that's the case, like what, you know, are we just not testing? Are, are we kind of like, you know, ostrich head in the sanding this and we're not testing at a level we should. And, you know, know. we're, yeah, um, and, and if it if it can mutate that much that fast, is there even a point to you know doing excessive testing that that we just do kind of the best we can and we you know protocol and protect yeah. as best we can and um, and well, it's I mean, interesting. I, I guess oh, the yeah, plus side it showed up you know on the test. Yeah, they, they discovered yep. it yep. and it's known about and sequenced. Yeah. I mean, back in the day, you couldn't sequence a virus genome in a, you know, a day or two. Right. Um, right. These kind of things are, are a luxury of, of our time. Um, I mean, it's, it's in the speed at which science has worked to, to combat this virus and this and get a vaccine out. And uh, it's, it's a, it's just a miracle. I mean, it's as, yeah. as fast as yeah. it's ever been done. And, you know, I guess people have pause and, and that's fair enough, but I mean, we've, we've vaccinated what 300 million people or 400 yeah. million doses or some crazy thing. I, I think, I think we know kind of the dangers of yeah. it at this point. I mean, long-term effects, it's not going to be any worse than the virus guaranteed. Right. You know, that right. you've got one protein. Oh no. <laughs> Scary yeah. stuff. I, I don't know. I've got a, a good friend who was my swim coach. Who's just goes off on the vaccine all the time. And I'm like, mm -hmm dude, he, you know, he's like, oh, they're, they're hiding things. They're not sharing. And it's like, well, no, they publish the, the data on people who are harmed by the vaccine or potentially harmed by the vaccine. And, and it's like what 0.001% yeah. versus, you know, a legitimate 2% chance of death with the yeah. virus itself. So, I mean, you're straining at a gnat and swallowing an elephant, you know, it's sure. just kind of a silly thing, but well, I mean, anyway, you can, get, yeah. you can yeah. get arrhythmia from too many energy drinks. Like, you know, yeah, I mean, exactly. like you, you, you're, you, I mean, I get, I get, I get that there is people have a concern about put, taking a virus, but it's a, it's a risk versus reward type of, yeah. of question. Right. Well, and, and it's, it's, and it's a statistical, it's, it's right. A it's a statistic, of the virus. Right. Yeah. It's, but it's uh. a statistical, you know, it's a statistical calculation uh, and, and a risk versus reward thing. Yeah. And, and we do that all the time, all the time, every day, all the time. So, you know, just, you know, if, mm. you know, if you don't, and, and it's crazy too, like, I, like going back to the politics of this, like we just went through a huge thing where, where, you know, everybody in, in the, in, in federal government had to be vaccinated and we yeah. had people who didn't want to get vaccinated. And I mean, I was having to have meetings and, counsel people and talk to them and make sure they understood that they could, you know, get suspended or potentially lose their job over it. And then Biden's like, Nope, we're not going to, we're not going to suspend anybody. We're not going to fire anybody. And it's like, I mean, not that I, not that I want, not that sure, I want people sure. to get fired, but, but it's why like, even why, say anything why threaten gonna, everybody? Yeah, yeah. Why, you know, it's exactly. just like, like, I, I, I mean, it's foolish. It, 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 it kind of cuts it like how stupid the politics of all this is. Yeah. And it's like, and like, like to your point, the science really is pretty good and we're doing pretty good with the science end of it, but we're just mucking the freaking heck out of it on the, on the political end of it. Yeah. And it's like, it's this get, is the first time our own way. 
first time I've seen a virus be politicized. And I yeah. mean, it's, it bears out in the data, you know, like the, mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's insane, you know, and, and I, I don't know, maybe, maybe more Republicans are skeptical about things naturally and, and they distrust government things and, and they see this as a government action somehow. I mean, it was a pharmaceutical company that made it, but anyway, you know, it's, I get it, but yeah. You know, we're kind of past that point, I think. And you you need to look at the data and just say, okay, yeah. Anyway, we could go on about this all day. I'm we sure. could. <laughs> it we get could. fired up about fi- you know, viruses. I mean, that's my day job, right? That's yeah. uh, when you've got a PhD and 20 years of, of experience working with viruses and, and different model systems. Um, and then you have some internet jockey tell you that you're wrong, you know, and that they know more about vaccination and uh, it just, it's, just it's, warms it's, the heart. It's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess it's the same anywhere, you know, you yeah. get your, well, I mean, your internet experts, you know, they've had a bearded and, dragon for a day and they're telling everybody. And, and you know what, dude, if, if you have a legitimate doctoral degree in something and somebody who's on the internet can tell you all about some stuff that they know that you don't know on yeah. a field that you're an expert in, move on, <laughs> yeah. move on. Yeah, you're not, right. Go for worth it, my time. Yeah. Good yeah. luck. Have fun. Yeah. But unfortunately, people are listening to those folks instead of the experts. Well, I mean, they're trying to drag yeah, but, Fauci but every, through the mud and all that. And every, but and, and 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 those people who have the, you know, the skeptical mindset and want to latch on to things that that that, um, you know, support their worldview. That's what they're going to do. And they were going to yeah. do that regardless anyway. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? So it's like, it, it, you know, I mean. I get it. And it, it is super frustrating. It is super stupid, but and when you it's know, 20 or 30% of the population, that's when it's, sure, you know, sure. when it's, well, and it's, it's, a, frankly, it's, it's yeah. a, you know, from, from where science and technology is, we've come from to where it's taken us to where we're looks like we're headed. It is a pretty sad commentary, yeah. right? Like, um, and, and even, know. even last time we talked about this subject on the podcast, I had somebody say, Oh, you know, you didn't have to get so political, you know, on the podcast. It's like, this is not politics. This is science. You know, people are going against science and you usually expect reptile folks to be somewhat scientifically minded to some extent, you know, but. Well, I mean, dude, I I don't, I I mean, look, I guess, you know, my opinions on, and the way I view life fall into the realm of politics because that's how we kind of parse you know, yeah. our, our decision making now. So if I'm being political in that sense, sure, I would hope <laughs> that I'm being common sense because I, yeah. I can look at certain things that Republicans and Democrats say and and, you know, go from, you know, what makes sense to me and what doesn't. Sure. Uh, yeah, cer- certainly you know, both sides are off in crazy land in different ways. Oh, so, yeah. you Definitely. know, it's like if if that is offensive and too political for people, I mean, but, oh, but talking oh, okay. about a virus infection and, you know, and, and, a, and a pandemic, that, sure. to me, that's virology. It's not poli- yeah. politics. You well, know. and, and, you maybe know, the to, way it's being handled, but, but and, people you know, have politicized, kind of you know, politicians have politicized it and used yeah. it as a talking point. And, you know, sure, it, sure. It, it's, you know, it, it really started under kind of under the, 
under Trump. And so, you know, Democrats took the opportunity to, you know, bash at him and how he handled it. And it's easy to poke at people, you know, when you're trying to contain a, a, a pandemic that, uh, it, you know, the, the human human race hasn't seen since, you know, probably 100 years, close to 100 years. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I, you know, it, I mean, it, it, I don't know, it, yeah. it, you know. Anyway, on to, moving on, on. To moving, on. Topic, yeah. moving on. <laughs> oh, dude, my uh, blackheads have been locking up uh, pretty regularly, and sweet. And I'm I'm hoping for uh, something good in that department. That should be nice. Um, yeah. Otherwise, things are looking pretty good. A bunch of my uh, anteresia are already refusing food and sitting under their heat lamps. I don't know. Maybe they'll be nice and early this year. We'll see. Um, but yeah, it's a uh, shaping up okay so far see how it goes how about you yeah i just i thought it was i thought we were into you know winter here but no yeah. or you know back up into the 80s and yeah. that's how that's how it is out yeah. here is like it cools off sure. and then it warms back up and it cools off and it, so like i just gotta you know every year it does it to me and i'm like oh yeah why why <laughs> did i think when it cooled off it was gonna stay that way and you know it, it i have to remember that you know, long into most of the country's winter, we're still experiencing, you know, <laughs> summer conditions out here. And so just, yeah. you know, keep, keep, I'm just throwing that, those extra small meals, um, yeah. at, at the animals and, and, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll probably either taper off or cut off here, uh, in the next week or so. So, um, yeah, yeah just, just kind of doing the do. So, Nice. Well, another milestone for me, uh, all the, all the natural history chapters are laid out with photos. Um, so that's pretty exciting. I shut the <laughs> front door. Uh, I, 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 <laughs> I'd forgotten about very chapter, the Darwin carpet chapter. And, and, uh, like I, I thought, Oh, I'm all done. And then I, well, nope, I missed a chapter. And I looked in the first edition and I think we had two, two in situ wild specimens, you know, from the first edition. And, and now we've got, you know, what, 15, 16 yeah. different photos from wild specimens in their, you know, natural habitat and stuff. So it's, it's going to be, um, it, no, I'm trying to, I don't think we have any captive animals in the natural history chapters, except maybe one or two that, like Carinata illustrating mm -hmm. the yeah. dentition, you know, their teeth um, gaping. And I, I just had some reasonable pictures of that from a captive animal. Uh, it was one of Terry's uh, at Reptile Gardens that nice. he got to gape for me for some nice photos. So, uh, but yeah, other than that, it's all wild animals. And um, I, I also did it where on the range maps, I've got, the figure numbers, you know, where the animal was yeah, found. Yeah. So I, I, cool. I kind of like those kind of range maps. I think I, sure. I stole that from the Barkers and, you know, to stand on shoulders of giants, you know, the Barkers are the, the giants in the field for sure. But yeah, so that's kind of a nice way to do it. But nice. Yeah. I agree. We're going to get this thing done. It's going to be done yeah. before too long here. That's so, good. And that's Nick good. is making a huge push. I mean, he's, you know, he's cracking the whip and, and I'm cracking the whip. We're I was going to say, who's, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you guys are cracking it's, whips uh, on each other. Ways, yeah. And, yeah. And it's, and it's making some, getting some steam behind it. I'm going to send out the first chapters to, to uh, Russ Gurley to lay out for, 
um, eco. So nice. Um, yeah, we're um, you gonna do it a couple progress. chapters at a time then. I don't know. I'll, I'll probably send. So the, the natural history chapters, we've got 10 chapters um, gotcha. for, for the different species, subspecies that we've included in the book and then an introduction. So that's, that's as far as I've got it up to. And then Nick is kind of starting from the end of the book. So he's laying out the reproduction chapter and the, um, the, the morph section, which is already a, a behemoth. I don't know. Yeah. It's going to, it's going to be a third of the book, man. There's so many different combos and, and I've, I've kind of lost track of morphs, frankly. I, I don't pay much attention to that. My excitement's in the, you know, natural history and stuff. And I, you know, I think Nick is as well, but he's a little, he's got his finger on the pulse a lot more than I sure. do as far as what carpet uh, morphs and out yeah, there. Yeah. I, I mean, I guess, I guess I am just in the same kind of boat as you. I'm like, wait, there are like, how, I mean, I can think <laughs> yeah. of them, but like, yeah, I, I mean, I guess when you start, you know, mixing and, and I, matching them and that, you know. Yeah. I I haven't really seen any of the photos either. So that's kind of a, I need to text Nick and have him put it on the, we've got it on a, on a cloud system, the whole book where the yeah. first uh, edition we, we didn't, and he did certain chapters like the photo layouts for certain chapters. So, and then his, he had a computer crash and so he lost all that information. And so oh, luckily yeah. I had most of the chapters, you know, close to final versions from the first edition on my laptop and then, or on my computer work or whatever. And then uh, I put it, you know, put all that on the cloud. So now we've got everything, all the photos, everything. So if we, I, I don't think we're going to be looking at a third edition, but I guess if, if that happens, never we'll, say never. We'll have, yeah. We'll have everything kind of yeah. at our fingertips to, to make that process a little easier. But I mean, this is a complete overhaul of the first edition. Yeah. It's, it's going to be, double, triple the size. It's going to be a behemoth. And yeah, I'm for sure. I was going to say, you, you, it's you'll, probably, cool. you'll probably be able to knock somebody out with this book. Like it's <laughs> going to be a big book. Yeah. It'll be perfect for reptile fight club. Fans. Yeah. Yeah. Fight with when, it. When, when things go bad, we'll just start throwing the complete carpet <laughs> at people. Exactly. Take that. <laughs> nice kingsnake.com shirt there. I like that. Hey, yeah, going retro here. Yeah. That's I cool. don't even know if I've been on Kingsnake for how long. I haven't. I definitely haven't yeah. in a while. Like I in a while. Yeah, I, I haven't I I I'm friends with Jeff on on Facebook too, and uh -huh. I don't even see him post that much anymore. So yeah. Not I mean, that I not that I pay as much attention on Facebook as I used to, but yeah. I mean, I, I kind of miss the days of the the forums and I do all the discussion yeah. boards and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But those days are gone. I think <laughs> it bye was bye. Nice, yeah, nice to have a record. You know, to, yeah. to, you don't have that with social media. It just goes no, away. It doesn't. It, yeah. It's well, it's yeah. meant to go. I mean, it, if it were to stay, then people would go back and look at what other people had said. Now, <laughs> now it's like we got to keep moving the, you know, I mean, new content, new conversation, new, new, yeah. new, new. So you know, you yeah. just need to keep everything churning. So I think a, a you know, a, a, a database history would just not benefit the way the platform really works. So yeah, sucks, sure. man. Sucks. Definitely. It was. It was nice to like be in a in a thread that was like starting to go crazy and you got to go sleep and then you wake up the next day and you're like oh my god and you're reading yeah. to catch up and you're just like holy shit this is yeah 
things it went fun. took a turn over and oh yeah it was so yeah fun. those were those were fun. fun days for sure especially yeah. when you're in the thick of it you know typing yeah. as fast as you could to yep. get your response out of there <laughs> no doubt mm-hmm. well you're ready to fight i suppose okay well that didn't i'm a I'm gonna I mean, floor with you if you got that attitude here. Well, you know. <laughs> All right. Well, tonight we are uh, fighting about breeding as a benchmark for success in reptile keeping. So, what does that mean? What does yeah. that mean? What, what does that? Mean? Yeah, let's let's flesh it out a little bit. So, um, to me, that means you know if you know there's the attitude or that concept of if my animal's breeding, then I'm doing the best I can with my husbandry or, you know, that's kind of the, the gold standard of if you're keeping your animals successfully is if they'll breed. And so we're going to debate the pro and con of that, you know, the take, take one side or the other on that issue. Okay. So, yep. All right. You ready to lose? I mean, you're ready to do a coin toss (laughs) coming out swinging here. Yeah. Give it a call. Heads. It is tails. (laughs) Uh, well, That's not all right. I don't have Frank on here this week. Yeah, so I don't yeah, care. If I, I, I think the <laughs> so I, I, all right. I just want to real quick before we get into it, I yeah. was, you know, uh, got the, the privilege to fight Frank the last time, uh, yeah. last show. And, uh, I was mi- trying to make a point. I, I went back and listened to it, and I'm a pretty big Frank Payne fan. So yeah. it was, it was pretty, uh, pretty awesome to get to fight him and that was a good show it was yeah fun and, and uh i but i w- i went back and listened and i really thought i had made this point but <laughs> i was talking with him about you know having having a hard time discerning things off of the internet because of interests that different interests that people have lane and and i started talking about technologies and i didn't drive home the point of when people bring new technologies they have a they have a vested interest in selling that technology so they can get that 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 part of their you know part of the new economy and make money off of it and so you know the mm-hmm. idea that you have to kind of be careful with anything that that people are selling and 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 I kind of touched on lighting as as an example as people will tell you oh this light is great or this is the new this is the new thing because it's a new technology and and you have to kind of be discerning about that and and I think I went on to say something about how you know new technologies are always good and that we have them but I don't think I really brought home the point that what I was trying to say was that you have to be very careful uh, because there's a lot of interests in, in that different interests that people have when you're talking about things. And if somebody comes out with, Oh, this light is, is the best because you know, whatever, whatever they're saying, you, you know, you, you kind of yeah. have to, you kind of have to take it with a grain of salt. Yeah. And, or, or, or kind of realize that maybe other people have interests that lie beyond just giving you, um, the light you need for your gecko or for your whatever you're doing um, yep. as the best thing for you to do. I mean, they they may they, they may they may believe that, but they're also trying to sell their product, or they're trying to you know, or they're trying to to get you to buy into something that they believe is right, 
which may not necessarily be the case. It may be worked for them or they yeah. haven't seen any ill effects of it, but it doesn't mean that it's right. So, and I think Frank even touched on that a little where he said he was criticized for some of the lighting he uses. Um, mm. But I mean, you'd be hard pressed to, uh, you know, to criticize Frank's success using the lights that he uses with yeah. how well he's yeah. done. So um, yeah, I, I just wanted to kind of go back and, and <laughs> kind of, you know, that solidify point. that point. Cause I, I, when I heard it, I was like, ah, I knew what I meant to say, but that is not <laughs> what came out. Like, yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. Well, no, sorry. that's a great point. Sorry, no, folks. I, I, <laughs> that's uh, that is a, an important thing to consider. Cause I, you know, I, I like to see the data, you know, if, mm -hmm. if there's, there's so much out there that that's uh, folklore herpetology where, you know, they, somebody did it once and they had success. And so that became what everybody did just because that was part of the formula for success, whether or not, you know, it could be scooping snow into a cage, you know, it may have mm -hmm. no effect at all, but because they did it, it's like, it may be akin to like a sports, you know, <laughs> when you're your sports team, you know, Oh, I wore this shirt. I didn't wash it. And my team won. Yeah, and so yeah. I'm going to wear that shirt every game and Oh, they sure. won again. So it must be the shirt. You know, we do. Yeah, that you see basketball players do, they do like their yep. free throw, like their free throw pre-shot yep. thing where they, they whole like do the routine. same thing every time. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I feel kind of the same way. And, and I, you know, I, I, I do think that, that like, you know, the new technologies are good. I just, yeah. you know, we you, want to you push just, it forward. You, you just, you, you know, but you it, need to read out. You need a, you yeah. need some data. Yeah. You need to show that what, what you're getting it is what they're purporting it to be. And, and, and that's and hard sometimes with reptiles, it, you know, it definitely goes along with what I was trying to impart is, is, you know, think, you know, when we were talking about not just relying on the care sheet, and, mm -hmm. you know, let it get you started. And, and guys yeah. like Frank and, and the information that they give are absolutely critical, but oh, yeah. like always think beyond that. So when you're looking at lighting, think not just about the lighting, think about the data, think about the interest of the person who's telling you what, you know, why you should get this or why, you know, that because, you know, there are people who make their living, you know, selling products and that's yeah. a relevant reason to to kind of say okay am i making the best decision right now can mm -hmm. you show me some more data on this or can i you know whatever but i, I and i've just you know i'm on a day gecko uh forum on facebook oh. and yeah i'm definitely on a, a day gecko kick <laughs> but but yeah. i just you know some of the some of the advice that's given there isn't the advice i would give and i mm -hmm. just you know I, you know, I hate to jump on there and be like, don't do that. That's not a good <laughs> idea. But, it, yeah. you know, sometimes I don't know where that person lives. Like, I can't see yeah. in their profile where they live. I don't know sure. what their situation is. And they yeah. don't list that. But people are just telling them all these different and, you know. I that's would not tricky. put, yeah. I would not put day geckos on ceramic heat emitters, but people that's, were that's like, what, oh uh, yeah, that's great. Like, mm, I don't know, man. That's what private messaging is for. <laughs> you can maybe uh, I, send them a message and give them a clue, I, man, I, maybe. I, yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree there. Yeah. So. All right. Well, sorry. You feel good about that, that delivery now? You, you okay? <laughs> I mean, I feel better that I've cleared, I've, I've <laughs> set my record straight a little bit. All my right. record was skip, 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 skipping. <laughs> um, when I tried to make that point, so 
Well, let us get All to right. the topic. So again. you win. So, you win yeah. again. <clears throat> again. Uh, you choose what? I I don't know. I haven't I haven't really. I I, I could go either way on this one. I think. Um, well, pick I'll, away. I will go that it is a benchmark. I'll, I'll go. That on it that is side. a benchmark. Sure. Okay. That it's a benchmark. Okay. Um. So, and I will. I like that to... you win the coin tosses, but you take maybe the 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 side that I think you're probably least uh, likely true to, to, to you to what you think. Yeah. Well, you've yeah. you've discovered my plan. I mean, I I don't know. I like to consider. The you like side. to argue this. You're like yeah. my grandfather. You like I to just, argue the stake for devil, the sake of the devil challenge. Advocate. Yeah, yeah. 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 He loves. He's like he'll take the worst position just so he can argue it. Like he loves that <laughs> stuff. It's yeah. so hilarious. Yeah, that's that's I I enjoy that as well. So uh, that's good. Just don't confuse me for your grandpa. That's a... <laughs> uh, you you got a you got he's like 97 World War II right, veteran yeah. sold sold American steel after the war. Like he's uh, he's he's the he's the salt true of the blue. earth. Yeah. Oh, he's the salt of the good earth man. of the the greatest generation. Like that that's man awesome. is a he's he's a, he's an ass kicker, dude. Yeah. yeah. Well. I should I should as, aspire to be so good. So, well, we should um, we should all aspire to be so. Yeah, good. yeah, I agree. Well, I'll, I'll uh, defer to you. Can okay, you go ahead and lead us off. Tell us why breeding isn't a benchmark. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I, I think easy and obvious is that you know the primary drive of all animals is to reproduce. That's the the most, um, you know basic of of uh of functions in an animal is and a and a plant is to carry its its progeny on to continue to survive and and uh i think so you know while uh it's not always the easiest to get something to breed in in conditions that are not suitable especially reptiles where they maybe have eggs or or have to you know, have a gestation period, um, which is tied thermally, uh, to, and, and, you know, moisture wise to their outside environment. So, so they're definitely coupled to the climate that they're in and, and, and have to make decisions around that. Um, you know, I think their, their primary drive is going to be to reproduce and, and, um, you know, if they think they can do it, uh, they will. Um, I think that's probably how I'd start off. I'll let you respond. Um, but, but yeah, I, I just, I think they're, you know, going for the gusto is every animal's, uh, you know, primary drive. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You know, I, I, yeah. I would, uh, probably say it might depend on the species or the group, you know, the, the, the family, <laughs> whatever, you know, way you like, 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 we don't want to say that with the dodo bird or what, what, what do you mean by that? <laughs> like uh, pandas, you know, they're, they seem to be hard pressed to preserve their uh, genetics and <laughs> seem like they're maybe, uh, maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe the Chinese zoos and, and the San Diego zoo, they're just not set in the right mood. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know what I'm I mean, there, there's, a, takes... there's a lot of factors that, that go in. Yeah. I mean, but I, I agree. I sure. mean, obviously things need to, to push their uh, genetic information on. And, you know, I guess what I'm saying is, you know, 
you know, like an insect versus an elephant, they have very different reproductive strategies, you know, humans versus, you know, rodents, you know, the rodents are just going to pump out mm-hmm. babies as fast as they can. Cause most of them are going to be food for raptors or, or snakes or whatever. And, you know, humans are, are, have huge amounts of parental care and, and, uh, even, you know, for their 30 year old son living in the basement or something, that kind of thing. So, um, <clears throat> I think, you know, when you're compare, you got to kind of compare apples to apples. So like if you've got a chameleon, yeah, chameleons are like the insects of the reptile world. So they want to get their, um, you know, get to size as quickly as possible to lay as many eggs as possible to reproduce as quickly as possible. So if you don't support that, they're going to breed themselves into death, right? The females will usually die egg bound if they're not bred early enough and and rapidly enough and, and their condition isn't supported um, to be able to reproduce then they're probably going to burn out and, and crash. And so, I mean, the, the act of copulating or the act of egg laying is maybe not what I'm referring to when I say breeding is a benchmark, but maybe I would, would specify that as is, is continued successful breeding over mm. you know, generations would be my benchmark for success. And so um, I'm glad you, know, you made that distinction. <laughs> Yeah. You're, you're a great example. I mean, people, people get stuff in, you know, imported in all the time. That's gravid and they go, Oh, this, you know, my, my animal had babies or laid eggs or whatever. They didn't do anything to do that. The animals came in that way, you know, already knocked up or ready to lay eggs or or have babies. And so, um, that's, you know, there, there's different levels of reproductive success. Just getting a clutch of eggs on the ground does not necessarily mean you've um, supported the animals well enough to breed over generations, over mm-hmm. successive years. Um, similar to, you know, what we're seeing with Tracier, where you're the only one so far as, as far as I know, that's bred them multiple years in a row, right? Two years in a row. And, and even that, I mean, two years in a row, isn't like, you know, that's, that's not like we can mission accomplished, put up the mission accomplished banner, you know, and, Definitely and, say, not. and I don't think you feel that way. I think you feel no. like I still need to, you know, put some work into it and figure things if I, out. If so. I can do, if I can, if I can three peat, you know, you yeah. know with a yeah. year off, like uh-huh. if I can three peat with a year off making changes, then I'll feel like, okay, you know, like, yeah. Yep. And, and, and I mean, maybe there's it was the year inside. off and, yeah. So you're, you're direct. And that's, you know, the thing with herpetoculture is we're directing, um, their reproductive, um, output to some extent, we can dictate whether or not they're going to be paired up or whether or not they're going to breed with this or that or the other. And so, you well, know, there's a lot we of, inhi- we also mm-hmm. inhibit their reproductive output because we mm-hmm. make decisions like that as well. So I think that's, yeah. I mean, that's a huge distinction. Um, yep. And, and that's and, my and point. I mean, negative. what, what we do in herpetoculture, um, often, you know, inhibits re- successful reproduction, especially, you know, with the larger pythons. So, I mean, sometimes, for example, the ball pythons, we didn't figure that out for a while. And then once we kind of figured out what was going on, or at least got captive bred offspring to work with, that was kind of a big step in the right direction. And now they're almost to the point of being domesticated where, you know, if you can't reproduce a ball Python, there might be something wrong with you. But I, I do yeah. think that you can mess up a ball Python and you cannot sure. get your animals to breed. And, and, you know, that's 
almost as likely. And so there is that benchmark of, you know, if you can reproduce a ball python, you know, you're, you're doing something right. And if you can't, then you're probably doing something wrong or, you know. Well, I mean, I, I guess I, I guess so couple things going back to yeah. your panda, your panda analogy. <laughs> I mean, yeah. w- they seem to be able to keep pandas alive in captivity long-term and, sure. and sure. Um, you know, don't have an issue there, but they do seem to have an issue, you know, with reproduction and, and, mm-hmm. you know, what that reason is. And, and uh, you know, they're, they're, I, I'll be frank and just say, I don't, I don't know uh, the natural history of pandas in the wild and, and, you know, obviously, yeah. wh- uh, the, a lot of the reasons why their their numbers are so low, and and uh, you know what what that is, I would expect is probably ha- habitat related, and um, you know things like that. But mm-hmm. um, so I, I, you know, I see it that way. I see like where you know we do, and ball pythons are a good example too. I mean, most people can keep a ball python alive um, for the long term because they actually do fairly well at regulating themselves. Um, they're, you know, unless you just aren't offering them water and they dehydrate themselves and die, or, you know, you cook them because you didn't use the thermostat or you do something that's, you know, gross, that, that bonifies gross negligence. Um, but I mean, you know, if you try to overfeed them, they'll just stop eating on you when, and they'll, they'll, you know, does that mean that, you know, they won't, um, still overeat eventually? Yeah, sure. But I think, you know, they have some basic biology built into them that kind of keeps them from doing that. And, and they'll live, you know, you can, you can not do super great and still do fairly well. And most people have bred their ball Python on accident. Right. So, you know, I think, like a lot of the things we talk about the exam the, the the devil is in the details of the example right and and so sure. you know yeah. uh, if you're talking about a ball python maybe um maybe that's maybe not the best uh example for 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 us as far as like uh you know reproduction being the benchmark for um you know doing everything right with husbandry but certainly I, I, I do agree with you that they're, you know, at some level, you know, overly stressed out and just not well taken care of, not, you know, animals that are not getting their needs met don't reproduce. And oh, by the way, they don't tend to live very long either because they're they're just not, you know, highly stressed out animals, you know, just like highly stressed out humans are prone to disease and other, you know, it's it's just how our, how our bodies are built. Um, and I think, you know, when you, when you don't meet an animal's needs, when it's stressed out, when it's, you know, having a hard time all the time, yeah, you're, you're gonna, you're probably not going to have success breeding And yes, it's probably going to live a shorter life. And I think Tracy, I agree. Uh, Tracy are a good example of that. Oh yeah. So yeah, I mean, you're, you're uh, punching for me here. I, <laughs> you're making my points for me. I appreciate okay, Mr. that. Ball, but, Python and Panda. Uh, Keep going. I mean, I, I think uh, pythons are, are definitely a great example of if you're on the right track and you're doing things, you know, well, you're probably going to have success. And so you sure. can use reproduction as a benchmark for, for pythons. Um, other animals, I mean, 
you know, things like, like I said, like chameleons, that's a whole different ball of wax and, sure. and they will, they will breed themselves into, into death. And so they might not be the most, um, uh, apt example of if you're breeding them, you're, you're doing things right because well, things and, can go wrong pretty quick. And, you know, it, going with, going with our Frank Payne gecko theme, uh, the, the, mm -hmm. the, the blue day geckos, they're highly prolific, highly prolific. Mm -hmm. But if you do not support those females, right, like Frank was saying with the calcium and, and, um, you know, just giving them a proper diet and, and, and meeting all of their, their lighting needs and things like that, they don't, they don't, they, they crash and, and the females will die or, you know, you will get very sporadic egg production. And when the babies are born, a lot of times they'll crash and die. So I definitely think, you know, um, reproduction in certain animals like, like chameleons, like, like electric blue day geckos is definitely not just tied to, you know, just because you can reproduce, it doesn't mean you're doing it right. I mean, I think, and I think there are hardy species that hide that pretty well, but you know, when, when, when they aren't supported, right, they, they just absolutely crash for it, you know? Yeah. Well, I'm waiting for an example of what, what species might not be, uh, you know, use reproduction as a benchmark of success in herpetoculture. You have any ideas on that or you just can well, so, argue my I, point. I, on I that. mean, <laughs> <so>. <laughs> <laughs> well okay i've this got is, you on the ropes don't i you're, yeah you're, totally, i'm totally on the ropes so it's <laughs> it's kind of stupid because you're like yeah if it can't reproduce itself it's still successful well yeah anything you can keep alive long term is success right no well i'm saying these things if like it like if it's like i'm not gonna reproduce but i'm successful what, what i don't like what's my argument there you know what i'm saying like yeah like uh, okay, I'll 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 throw. It. I guess I, maybe I'm not understanding this, but like <laughs> I mean, I think that I think that um, <laughs> you know, again, it, it depends on which example we're talking about. Yeah, but you know, there's certain like like uh, like you were saying that you clarified your point to reproduction long-term being a benchmark for successfully keeping an animal. Well, yeah, yeah, totally, man. If you can keep it alive and keep it breeding long-term, that's a, that's, that's like pretty much the, the, the whole kebab of, of, <laughs> you know, what we're talking about long-term success. Right. So the, yeah. the opposite, what's, what's, what's my argument on the opposite end of that? Yeah. You know, if you can just fuck it off, never reproduce it and it stays alive, like that's good. Well, it, you know, well, I mean, I, like, I like rodent breeding, you know, you can have, you can have success. They'll breed, but you may not be, you know, doing, doing the best job you can. Right. You might have, um, some kind of vitamin deficiency because of the food you're using or, and so you'll get like, I don't know, for example, I had, had a colony of rodents and I was buying this, uh, special rodent pellet made by my local farm and feed store. And, you know, they were re reproducing and then the, the store ran out of that rodent pellet. And so I had to resort to another food 
Um, and I think I just got some dog food, right. And started feeding them dog food. Their reproduction just skyrocketed. Like it just went off. You know, they started producing a lot better, a lot more pups per litter. You know, they were weaning them, you know, weaning more. And, you know, I was keeping pretty good records back then. And I saw a huge change in my rodent production based on the food I was using. And so, I mean, yeah, they were breeding, um, but I wouldn't say I was being very successful. I wouldn't say that I had it, you know. So, so key, what you're saying in. is, so what you're saying is that the the environmental factors, such as the food you were feeding them, the way you were keeping them, mattered more to production than, you know, them them reproducing. Like, so, I mean, I guess to me that's a different argument, isn't it? Like then you're talking well, about you're saying you're you're breeding them, but are you yeah. successful? But but you know, you're, but, what, the but what the argument was was yeah. is breeding a benchmark for long term success or or success yeah. with a yeah. species and and, I, and and so your your rodents were breeding they just weren't breeding as good and you changed yeah. something and, and and now they're breeding better so I think that that goes to you know. What I was saying is that every every animal's primary drive is reproduction, but how you support that animal, giving giving the electric uh, excuse me the uh, the electric blue day gecko calcium to help support production and, and have healthier babies, uh, or giving a, a dog food to a rodent rather than a pelletalized whatever you were getting from your <laughs> tack and feed to increase production. Those are all things that you clearly made alterations in how you did things, which led you to more successful breeding. Now, it, it, taking that, is it, is it, it, was it the switching of the, the food that made them breed at more longer term? Or was it the switching of the food that increased their output? Like, and, how long did they last? Did they burn out quicker? Did they? So, you know, I mean, obviously rodents have, you know, uh, a much shorter life than a lot of reptiles do. And so you kind of, it was especially with feeders, you have to, you know, have uh, animals behind them that, that, so when they burn out that, you know, you, you kind of keep your breeding stock fresh. Uh, so, you know, mice are a, a probably a pretty decent example of, of <coughs> how you can look at long-term success uh, as far as output for breeding. Um, but I'm not sure that just breeding them is necessarily a, um, you know, a benchmark for success, right? Because I know, I know when I used to breed rodents and you and I have talked about this, that, that I, I didn't have them in an air conditioned room. And so in the summer when it would get warm, uh, and I guarantee anybody out there who breeds rodents is going to be like, yep, I know what you're talking about. They just shut down and you lose that production. But if you're able to climate control and you're able to keep them in a, you know, in a stable, cooler temperature, you know, room, yeah. a room temperature that they just absolutely won't stop and you can just not miss a beat. So, you know, I yeah. think, it, you know, that that's kind of a, an example of, of when you don't meet their needs, then production stops. And, and so, is that deleterious to their long term? Well, yeah, I would say if you're stressing them out and you know you're 
you're causing them to shut down breeding, then it's, you know, it's, it's what you're, it's, it's, it's those factors that you're not supporting with that will long-term not make you successful. So I, I guess that's what I'm looking for for you, from you is like examples of how breeding isn't a benchmark for success. So we can kind of define the difference between, okay, this is this, this breeding or this well, output I, I mean, is so, successful. I mean, so, so yeah, you get, you get an, an imported ball python and it drops a clutch of eggs. Are you supporting that animal successfully or did it breed before it left Africa and, and dropped eggs on your cage floor? You know, th- those kind of things, like that's an example of where breeding wouldn't be a benchmark for success. And, and so I'm saying my, my side is trying to figure out which examples are benchmarks of success. And so I, I, you know, the first one I led with was multiple generations, you know, successful breeding and, and successive years like your tracing. Well, what happens like when you, what happens when you raise up a pair of snakes and you get them to breed and the female slugs out every year that she breeds yep. and you can't figure out why. Uh-huh then your reproduction is a benchmark of success. You're failing with those animals, right? Right. But you're not having success because you're getting slugs. And so you can say, you know, I got to figure out what's going on with these animals so I can be successful because right now I'm not having success and success being reproducing the, you know, producing offspring. So, so let's say you have animals that you don't have a pair of animals and they don't come in contact with each other. You know, there's obviously plenty of people out there like that. How are they measuring their success long-term? Like if they're not breeding their animals, this, the idea is that breeding is the long-term success, right? Right. If it breeds, then you're you're long-term successful, right? Like, like, like is, so is breeding, a benchmark of success? Sure. Sure. If you can reproduce something, it can be, that's, that's, that's a successful thing. Yes. I agree with that statement. Yeah. Is that the benchmark? No, absolutely not. Because you have people who can breed stuff. It get eggs, it gets egg bound and it dies. You get animals that you see them cycle. You watch it go through and they never end up breeding for you. You get animals that are together and and they just never do shit. You, you know what I'm saying? So there's all these iterations that are tied to reproductive challenges in in yeah. animals. And and if you were to just look at saying like, well, it it you know, producing reproducing itself is the benchmark for me being successful with this. Well, Maybe if your benchmark is reproducing the animal and you're a breeder, then yes, you're, you're failing at that. But if your benchmark is keeping the animal alive long-term, like the, the 21, two year old coastals I have outside, then, you know, I don't look at the benchmark being, you know, as re of, of reproduction as, as being, you know, the goal. Now, if they still breed at that age, Hey man, that's great. But you know, what got them to 21, 20, 21, 20 years old wasn't because they bred. That's not the benchmark to old age. I mean, you, you, you can, I, I guess longevity. I've always had an issue with that because you can, 
you can kind of like, I don't know. It was always like monitors, you know, people would be bragging about having monitors live for 15, 20 years, but they were keeping them at suboptimal temperatures. They weren't behaving like monitors. They were kind of being preserved, you know, at a, at a lower temperature. They weren't very active. They were kind of sluggish. They'd eat, but you know, and they'd live a long time, but were they really doing what, what a monitor should do? Well, isn't that kind of subjective? Don't you feel like uh, now, well, now you're, now you're, now you're, now you're speaking for all monitors. Uh, I would, and, I would compare it to what a wild monitor does. A wild monitor doesn't just sit there, you know, when you, it, well, sure, it, but it you have no idea, but, but it's I also, that, but you don't know, you don't know the, itself. yeah. Okay. So, so you, if you, if you have longevity as your benchmark, I, you know, I, I don't think that's the best benchmark for success versus if you're if you're able to breed a monitor in captivity and support it to to get eggs and to have them, you know, lay multiple clutches even in a single year, you're probably doing okay with your husbandry. You know, I think that's a reasonable benchmark to to say I'm I'm supporting these animals. Um, well, until you're not. Yeah. I mean, you so, can you can give me an example. You can be going. You can be go. Okay. You can be going along just fine. And for whatever unknown reason, your animal just drops dead. But you've reproduced it several years in a row. And then one year you go to go breed it and it just dies. Well, maybe that's what they do in the wild. Maybe that's how they're supposed to work. I mean, that's what chameleons do, right? They breed, they breed intensively for two or three years and then they die. Okay. But so is the the benchmark for, for long-term or for success reproduction, if you know, they breed a couple of times and then die in the wild too. Like I, I'm just, if it I, I'm matches their to... natural history, then I would say definitely yes. I okay, mean, so if, so wait, if you so produce which, so four clutches so, of chameleons and then your female dies, that's probably what. So you know, if they're that, so if they're if their life trajectory follows the natural order of what you know whatever the wild uh, version of them is doing, that's a uh, uh, a a measure of success, not reproductive reproduction, or is, is that is what you're not, saying? <laughs> Well, yeah, it's not, I mean, millions of years of evolution that's, that's brought them to this point. Isn't that the, the ultimate benchmark of success? Oh, I don't disagree with you, but what we're talking about is taking animals out of the wild, keeping them in our house and then trying to figure out what the measure that makes you successful doing that is. And what you're saying is, is it's reproduction at first. And now you're saying, well, if you can keep it and it behaves just and does just what it does in the wild, then that's what success is. Is it behaving like it does in the wild or is it reproduction in captivity? Well, I mean, if you're modeling the reproductive successes of wild animals, then you're, you have a pretty good benchmark for success there. I would say if what a female chameleon does is lay 200 eggs and live two years in the wild. So you bring it into captivity and you keep it alive for four years, but it never reproduces. Are you successful? Maybe. Well, I, I, I mean, I, don't know. I, 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 you know, it, to, 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 to the point here, <laughs> it, it, it's about the goal, right? Yeah. If you're a breeder, then yes, I would say, you know, not being able to reproduce something that you have probably is you're going to look at that as not being successful. If you're sure. just a keeper and you can just keep it alive and you're not trying to breed it 
like maybe if it, you breed it on accident, you're like, oh wow, I'm so successful with this. But that's not your goal. That's not the, no, the, the, the know, point. I, I'm, now, I'm not talking about like that, a single but, but, animal, like you know, I male. But, yeah, well, you, you but, keep it. Yeah, but this whole thing, this whole thing is very like you know, you true to your form. It's very example specific, right? Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is it depends on the species, it depends on the family, it depends on these things to say this is a benchmark. So, so rather than to say is. that reproduction is a is is the benchmark for success, what you're saying is it depends. Is sure. that what I'm getting? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I I agree with that. I agree with that. Because <laughs> I think there's yeah. a lot more that goes into success because you can you can re- reproduce something and not do it long term i.e. if i just reproduce tracier twice and i never do it again i would not consider myself successful with those animals mm. i had success but i wasn't successful right yeah Be- having yeah. success and being successful are different because having yeah. success is doing something once or twice. Being successful is being able to do it over and over and over again, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In science, we call that repeatability, right? So Absolutely. If you've got to yeah. figure it out, and you, and so that's yeah, that's what I'm saying is you your your benchmark for success is that reproductive output. I'm not saying you can't have other benchmarks for success, but in regards to you know keeping reptiles, that's probably the most common benchmark that's used. And I'll say that's probably a reasonable um, benchmark to have. It's if, if I can reproduce this successfully and do it, you well, know, I, I think, I think with reptiles, it's tough because hmm. I, I think with reptiles, it's tough because, you know, they don't, they don't display a lot, you know, not all reptiles display a lot of outward behavior. So, you know, studying them the way we study mammal behavior is a little bit different. Uh, it's, it's hard because they hide disease, they hide, you know, uh, pain, they hide, they, they, you, it's very tough to get a read on that than it is with mammals. So we look to things like reproduction as benchmarks and, I think, yes, you know, obviously if something reproduces, that's a successful event. Reproduction in any organism is a major um, primary accomplishment function. However, Mm -hmm. you know, like you said, you're going with the idea that long-term breeding success is the measure. And I would, I think that is absolutely the very key phrase because if you don't say long-term then, then it's, yeah, absolutely. It's not a measure of success. And I would say that long-term anything successful, long-term keeping something alive, long-term study of, of its natural behaviors, uh, long-term, you know, cohabitation strategy. I don't know, pick, but (laughs) long-term anything makes you successful right? Isn't that like the the more you can do it, the more longevity you have in being a virologist, being a reptile breeder, being a podcast host, (laughs) the the more it makes you successful, right? Yeah. So while I do agree with you that reproduction is one of the, the major benchmarks with reptiles 
for a lot of the reasons I just mentioned. I don't necessarily think it's the only one. It just depends on what perspective you're coming from or what your goals are. Yeah. Around. I mean, yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. And I, 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 uh, I guess, you know, based on that initial comment of, you know, reproductive output is the biggest driving factor in nature to some extent, you know, if you're yeah. not reproducing your genes, you're failing in, in nature. Right. So sure. Um, you and I are, pr- pr- you know, proven males <laughs> we have offspring and uh you know but i guess um having offspring maybe not maybe not all the the measure of success and there's plenty of people that are thank you because i feel like you just treated me offspring. like a piece of meat right there <laughs> yeah proven so. male <laughs> that's that was my favorite and uh i think it was owen when he they were I can't remember. Maybe Vin Russo or somebody was the guest, and he's like, "Oh, you're an unproven male, Owen." Yeah. <laughs> so, that's kind of funny. Oh, but man. you know, we we uh, we put a lot of um, emphasis on that, and you know, maybe it's misplaced in a lot of cases. And I, well, think, I think as reptile people, breeders, it makes sense. I mean, yeah, yeah, you, you know, better I mean, be producing yeah. reptiles if you're a breeder, especially yeah. if you're a full time reptile breeder, but. Um, so yeah, that's an easy benchmark of success, but I, you know, I, I, I think about shingleback skinks a lot, you know, when I was in Australia, I saw a lot of shinglebacks and a lot that had gotten hit by cars. You know, there, there was one stretch of road where I counted, I think like 30 or 50 within a a kilometer, you know? So maybe the success of, maybe the success of some reptiles is just staying off of the goddamn road. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're not very successful if you're squished, but yeah. I, I guess the, the point being is in, 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 you know, keeping them in, in captivity. I mean, that's, it's probably the worst uh, investment <laughs> project. If you want to use that ridiculous term in, in reptile keeping is probably a shingle back because they cost so much and their reproductive output is so low, but in nature, I mean, there's no shortage of shingleback skinks in their, in their area. And I mean, evolutionary, they've, they've adopted, adapted to, to persist maybe for, you know, have a, have a longevity and they have high parental care and their babies come out fairly large. So they're less susceptible to predation. Um, So, you know, there's different things that put them in that category. And so, you know, in nature, they're, they're, populations are really very healthy but you don't see those healthy populations necessarily in in herpeticulture and so sure. you know I, I i like to see um what i see in in nature happening in you know and well i mean i think i think humans care. humans are the shingleback skinks i mean you're a proven male <laughs> and you understand that uh kids are expensive and uh yeah. they don't you know you you only make one at a time so Um, you know, we're kind of the same, same way as shingleback skinks, but you know, the value, (laughs) the, the value, um, that you have on a single animal that's not easy to reproduce and, and expensive. And, you know, it's, it's, it, it goes to how, you know, like we treat human children is like, there are pride, you know, because we don't make, 50 kids at once. And it's, it's mm-hmm. all kind of like, we love our, our one kid that we made. Uh, cause we, you know, reproduce our reproductive strategy is to put all, all our eggs in one basket. 
Um, yep. which seems kind of crazy for a shingleback skink because humans are smart enough to be like road bad, not cross the road. <laughs> and you know, we don't get run over by cars quite as easy. Um, yeah. Um, so, There's not 30 people dead on the side of the road, but there, there are plenty of uh, yeah. people that get hit by cars, but yeah, it's, uh, well, that's, that's fair. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I would say staying out of the road is a definitely a benchmark for success for any animal. Uh, if you can, well, and there's also the road bad, some, some people, good. some people will make you, co- you know, I see why they coined the phrase go play in traffic. So, yeah. you know, <laughs> well, um, <laughs> I think we, we've, we've, uh, we've maybe covered some, useful topics i hope uh hopefully this has been a helpful discussion and you got i don't know to... where this went yeah i, I feel like it uh <laughs> i don't know uh i would say I, you know i i would agree that you know if you're looking to be a reptile breeder if you're not producing reptiles you're probably not successful but there's you know different measures of success in in regards to reproduction but overall i think if you're producing healthy, viable offspring, um, you know, in successive years over the, the long term, you're, you're probably a successful breeder. So, or a successful reptile keeper in that regard. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, I, you know, I think, I think that's probably true. I think, you know, uh, if you want to talk about reproduction as a, as a benchmark for success, if you can reproduce something, yes, that's a, that is a benchmark for success, but why were you able to reproduce it? Because you gave it the right food, the right environment, the right, you know, the right lighting, the right heating, you, you know, you engaged with its reproductive biology to figure out what you needed to do to do that. So there's all these other things that go into, um, why an animal's able to reproduce. And, and I think I will just go back to Tracy A because that's an easy one for me is I did a lot of things that just leveraged the, 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 the likelihood of success. And Oh, by the way, I had success. So, yeah. you know, is, is that, is there reproduction me it necessarily a sign of, of, the, the benchmark that, that everything is good so far, I suppose, but I look at it more like the things that I thought through to allow them the best chance. You know, when I talked about having them having pass through so that they could move to, to and away from each other when they wanted to, and they had access to each other, you know, things like cycle feeding, things like not keeping them too warm, um, things like, you know, having two males in there so that, you know, they're, they're kind of being kind of goaded into, uh, opportunistic breeding where it's like, oh yeah, I'm not going to let this male beat me to the punch and, you know, things <laughs> yeah. like that. And, and none of those are, none of those singular things are in my opinion, what did it, but being able to bring all of those ideas together and put them into a system and let it run that's what helps make you successful. So I think like, like it's a lot of the things you do around that, that leverage success, but ultimately a successful breeding and live, live babies are the fruit of that success. Right. So, so 
so the so yes, in a sense, what you were saying is a hundred percent correct that successful breeding is a benchmark of of success, and I think long term is the key phrase there. But but I but I do want to just make the point that it's all those things you do back behind that to support it, which are really what make you successful because if you did all that other stuff shitty you, you probably wouldn't they probably wouldn't breed and they probably wouldn't live very long yeah so reproduction is that benchmark right so it's it's you're... a benchmark <laughs> i think we agree to that sure go ahead justin you win <laughs> all right well always delightful to uh engage and and fight about these topics this has uh, mm -hmm. been fun um anything uh going on that we need to get out there i don't i can't think of anything it's kind of things are slowing down with the you know season and getting cold and and uh dark outside but at least a, npr least has a holiday show coming up oh yeah yeah that'll be fun that's always a a good time to listen to the the holiday show they mm -hmm. they get into the get into their airing of grievances <laughs> their, yes. their festivist style uh yeah show but yeah, yeah i'm looking forward to that that'll be fun um and they had their uh like and or their their um 10 year was it or 11 year something like that i mean they had a mm -hmm. their their uh what, what do you call that anniversary i don't know anniversary what <laughs> yeah eric and owen's anniversary show um their host yeah. their host anniversary <laughs> pretty amazing i mean i'm still i'm still just in awe of how how they've kept eric and owen have kept that show going that's pretty so impressive. has <laughs> how long has owen been married has he been married to eric longer in npr than he's been <laughs> oh, married oh, to definitely. his wife he's not married yet he's still engaged he's so not he right okay okay oh one wow yet, so <laughs> i wonder oh, i wonder yeah, if he's definitely oh, in that long-term yeah. committed relationship with eric <laughs> yeah that'll be so, so interesting once he ties um, the knot and 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 uh and that starts to roll in his life i wonder wonder if eric right, can take yeah. a back seat can you take a back seat <laughs> i Questions I oh, want sure answered. Oh, I'm sure he I can. Think, I'm, uh, I'm, yeah. I'm just giving a hard time. That's all. <laughs> yeah, Kidding, but it Eric. will be interesting. I mean, the dynamics are always, you know, a different thing once you get married. But um, oh yeah, no, that you, new you, you get to figure you get to figure all kinds of stuff out once you get married. Oh yeah, yeah. That's uh, he's got a fun adventure waiting for him here mm -hmm. soon. He's already mm -hmm. started. I'm sure he's got squirrels and tortoises in his home. Um, yeah, that that he probably didn't oh, see himself. And I doubt the with. adventure has even begun for him. Yeah, so exactly. Squirrels and tortoises are just the tip of the iceberg. And no one doesn't listen, so he <laughs> no, he, he doesn't. Well, yeah. you know, he's, some some people he, he are won't doers. Know some yep, people are doers. Right, but uh, I mean, congratulations to those guys to to do that so long, and um, mm -hmm. just I'm looking forward to another ten years. I think they're doing a bang up job and got a lot of a lot of different good content and podcasts out there. It's been they've they've built quite the empire. So mm -hmm. kudos, guys. Um, some other uh, cool cool shows out there. Um, I I really enjoy the 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 uh, um the australian 
oh man, my brain is failing me here. But uh, the Australian the, Herpetological Podcast, exactly. That's the one yeah. that my brain couldn't come or come to the to the name of. Um, <clears throat> I should be a little bit better better prepared. Yeah, the Australian Rep, uh, Herpetoculture Podcast is another uh, great show that I've been enjoying. Um, I need to get into the Clubrid and Clubroid show. Those guys are are uh, very bright guys, and I just I, I guess I'm not that into Colubridge right now. So I haven't really been, but I need to give that a listen. I've heard a lot of good things about it and uh, good stuff, but listen to, listen to those uh, NPR podcasts out there. Check them out. (laughs) (laughs) Anything else? No, I I think your sad pitch hit your sleep, (laughs) your sleepy late night, sad pitch was quite enough <laughs> yeah no i guess are, i'm going they're all a, a fantastic podcasts they're all yeah. fantastic podcasts that people <laughs> should be checking out if you're not um i excuse my host uh for his <laughs> lackluster performance there but uh they are all definitely <laughs> worth checking out and uh yeah and uh he, he was <laughs> I was up till about one one thirty working on the book last night, so you know, I, yeah. I hope I have a, a reasonable excuse. I think but... if you get that goddamn book out, people will forgive you. Okay, let's let's make it happen then. Yeah, I'll I'll shoot for that. <laughs> I guess I'll actually put it out there. All right, um, Chuck, are we? Do we have any other shows that we want to mention coming up, or are we? Um, Are I we don't set know. to talk about can, anything? I think let's let them fall where they may for now. Okay. All right. We've got some yep. good ones planned and hopefully they'll be, they'll be up sooner than later and we'll get some going, but we've got a few uh, irons in the fire, so to speak. But for now if, you get nothing. If you, no if you want to come, come on the show, you've got, you know, the fighting spirit, um, drop us a line or get in contact and, come with a good idea and we'll try to get you on. Um, But this has been another edition of Reptile Fight Club and we will see you next week. Justin and his benchmarks are out. (laughs) Fight Club.